0: For me, the biggest difference between investing in yourself and investing in in money is with investing in money, if it goes wrong, from a financial perspective, you lose. Whereas with investing in yourself, if it goes wrong, you've learned a valuable lesson.
1: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to a new episode of Social Convos. I'm your host, Diego, together with my co-host, Sean Luke. Sean Luc, how are you doing today, my friend?
0: A little tired, but aside from that, I'm excited, as always, but not necessary for today's topic, though. So that's something that we'll get into when we notice
1: the topic. Before we get into the topic, as always, we have some plugs we need to do. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, subscribe at youtube.com slash at convos, that's at C-O-N-F-O-E-S. We're also on Instagram at convos. And,
0: and you've added something else. Subscribe just, just to our newsletter. that watching it. Yeah, convos.subsec.com.
1: Convos.
0: And it's interesting. And if you go there and...
1: Oh, Hold actually on, yeah. you'll get this landing page. So subscribe here, drop in your email and you'll get some more update. It says launch five months ago. That's probably when I made the account. So ignore that, but just you know, type in your email and subscribe. So we did a test launch. I actually emailed our message player, like, did you get my invitation email as collaboration just to publish his episode and basically this is the new landing page and it looks I'm really considering is... I've migrated the hosting to Substack completely because i really like the options they feature. There are some limitations, but I don't think it's enough to deter the pros outweigh the cons. It looks great and yeah, I shared this with Blue
0: and it he shared it as neat, well. Man. So what I wanted to know when 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 somebody plays it on Substack, is it playing the Spotify or is it playing local on the local it,
1: it, it plays within Substack, but this is already submitted to So Spotify and Apple Podcasts pull from here. Okay, So it, it plays everywhere. It, it's just hosted here. And if you play it live directly here, you can just listen here. I like that they have the built-in speed feature, you know, listening on if you want to download it. And as always, subscribe. Here's some key takeaways we had with Ple if you don't want to go through the whole conversation and if you maybe want to look at it before you think, oh, is it worth my time? Well, Plu's got a lot to share and I bet he has much more to share than we just put here in the description. So check that out.
0: Oh, with that being said, it looks
1: coming back to today's episode.
0: So today we're talking a little bit differently and we're, we're talking about Investing in money, and investing in yourself, and uh, some comments coming in from you all saying uh, G- GRE here we come. Though no, I, I think I think so. It, GRE, it's gonna
1: be the S C E the social. Yeah, way they, no, no, no. Yeah, I am think, I saying it correct? If if you look
0: at podcasts from especially from our region and from where we're from, I think the Dave podcast is has much more similarities to GRE. Also oh, yeah, the fact for that sure. he, yeah, also the fact that he has a background with fighting and knows all the all the big fighters in, in Suriname, but also his 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 level of confidence as well. And we're a two host show, so probably it's gonna go a different a different direction. But but today's topic is a, is a pretty interesting one because and actually Plu, who we just mentioned was a guest a couple of weeks ago, here's here's what the interesting thing is because Plu and I are talking about investment at the moment, a lot about investment. And understanding the difference between Gavs and get-rich-quick schemes and tests towards newer platforms, so out of the traditional platforms. And it has made me think a little bit. Also, somebody who I also want to get on this podcast, he talked some sense into me this weekend about what's really important in life and what we really need to focus on. And that led me to the discussion, when we talk about investing, are we talking about investing in ourselves or are we talking about investing in money? Because those two aren't really similar. I do want your first take on this.
1: So we, we have investing in yourself versus money and I, I throw something into the mix as well, like into the future, because you invest in yourself for a better future. And there's different ways to do that. And usually people are attracted to the money part. And I already see a comment in the chat. We're going to we're going <laughs> to mention that yeah. in a bit. But to answer Jean-Luc's question, money is we've talked about money before. We have a dedicated episode on money, like what is money? The fundamental yeah. understandings of money. And I think there we discuss, you know, it's a tool. And eventually the tool is what you Used to facilitate your knowledge, your well-being, your health, and combining that into your total wealth. And that's the total investment. So investing in yourself, I would consider the highest priority because if you know what you can do, if you can work, if you can plan, if you can, you know, get by, you technically don't need money if you go back to the root of humans of anthropology of you know how we came to be money is just a tool created to trade make trade easier so i think that answers the question hopefully like investing in yourself could be the priority for everyone what the road you take to do that that's yeah, initially up to you, you so
0: when you inf- invest in money you're also investing yourself but you don't necessarily have to invest in money to invest in yourself could could right. we summarize it in, in that way? So yeah, that, so that, that would
1: be one way to look at it.
0: Okay, so when we talk about investing in money, because I gave a take on this, I would wait. On then
1: it. let yeah. Okay, before we wanna, bring out the comment, okay. yeah. When you say investing in money, can you define, or just investing in yourself? Can you define the word investing?
0: Like, so what investing, investing basically is putting a resources into something. I, I putting just, resources just into something, to, right? Yes. So investing is whether you put money, whether you put your time, you put your effort into something, that's basically investing. So if you invest in money, the most logical reason why you would invest in money is because you will most likely get a return of investment from it. So if you invest in money, you will most likely get financial gain or you're doing it at least to get monetary or financial gain. So that's, that's the... the short version of it and then from an investing in yourself perspective it's putting effort into improving yourself each day or not even each day because that's very specific but investing in yourself would be investing time and effort into developing yourself to make yourself a better human being and discuss on what's making yourself a better human being but that's the premise if you want yeah so
1: the return there so as you said, it's putting resources into something with the expectation of having a positive outcome, right?
0: Well, or out- positive in general, you would think okay. that if you put some in effort into
1: it. Hopefully positive, but an outcome.
0: But what, what is a negative outcome?
1: You know, you maybe invest, if you're talking about money, negative outcome would be your negative. You lose everything, yeah. uh, what you put so into it, if you're talking biggest... about in yourself. Maybe you've put resources into training really hard and you suddenly get an injury that, that would be a a negative outcome because you overtrain.
0: Yeah. Depending on how you look at it, like you you get a life lesson out of it. So I think that's for me, the biggest difference between investing in yourself and investing in, in money is with investing in money. If it goes wrong from a financial perspective, you lose. Whereas with investing in yourself, if it goes wrong, you've learned a valuable lesson. And hopefully you learn from that lesson, but at least you can turn- You
1: could turn also argue if positive. you lose the money, there's a lesson in that as well.
0: Definitely. But 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 when you're talking investing in money, you learn a lesson, that's great. But at the end of the day, you're looking for financial gain. And if you lose so much that you can no longer financially gain, or you get a bad credit, or you have loans, outstanding loans, and you can no longer pay the back- so... It's really I, I wanna different.
1: Throw, I want to throw this back at you because I think you mentioned this a few episodes way back. So would you consider that investing or gambling?
0: Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting statement. But even with gambling, is, you can make an argument that gambling is some sort of investment, but then you have to realize what kind of investment it is. Gambling isn't a money investment. So I think that's pe- what, what I differ in. For me, if, if, and I almost wanted to put it in a post, but I don't want it to steer away from the conversation the post was going into. But basically, I and, also wanted to say, like, so I also wanted to say, like, if you catch me in a casino gambling and having fun on a Saturday night, once in three months, because I go to, to the casino between four and 10 times a year. Uh, but, uh, I, for me, it's, it's just entertainment. Like I can now honestly say it's entertainment and it's not an addiction, because I know what it was when it was an addiction.
1: Okay, and, gotcha. So yeah, going into that, you mentioned a post for the people listening. Could you elaborate a bit on what post you're referring to?
0: Okay, so recently there was a big discussion on a multi-level mark- multi Sorry, there was a discussion on a multi-level marketing platform that kind of. It went bust and it was a specific one, but it was very clearly tied to another MLM that's currently still going. And I think one of the earliest episodes of Social Convos, we actually discussed the the dangers of MLMs. We singled out a couple of MLMs that went really viral in Suriname and also which steered a lot of people away from crypto because people thought that those MLMs were kind of like, the same as Bitcoin, which they were not. So I think that's also one of the things. But what I ended up doing is putting like a couple of guidelines in for people who are new to the space, saying like, hey, first of all, don't use money that you can't lose. And this is one where everybody's like, yeah, but everybody says that. And that's the whole thing. People and especially scams use that line. Don't spend money that you can't lose. Because it's the main principle of investing. You invest money that you have on the side. You don't invest money that you need to pay your bills and those kind of things.
1: And yeah, I think that's where, the similarity pieces, to, yeah.
0: that's where the similarities to gambling are, are, are growing. But I'll get back to that. So that was the first point. The second point was just think about the things you want to invest in and invest in things that you care about because then it's no longer on bottom money. So, for instance, with the NFTs, I have a couple of NFTs that I'm like, why did I get into them? Like seriously, why why did I even buy these NFTs? Because clearly, I'm not interested in them. Whereas I have some other NFTs that they don't they haven't made me any money, but I'm just I can just say, hey, I have an original Tom Brady NFT, like. Where he set the record for most yards thrown in an F- NFL career, I own that NFT. There are only like this many of them, and I own one of them. Like you I can definitely quality.
1: see your expression there. You know that it's you, smile yeah, when you say that. Yeah, it's a
0: smile. Like even but, if it's if it's worth fifty bucks right now, I don't care because for me it's worth five hundred. So it doesn't matter. Secondly, I have a LeBron James rookie NFT which I bought for, I think, 10 times the amount that it goes for now. I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. I have Tisha Panachero. Probably most of you don't know who that is. If people ask me, do you watch the NBA? I say, yeah, I watched the when Tisha was playing. And so there are some NFTs that I'm really proud of. My favorite sporters. I didn't get into the Binance Ronaldo one because I'm just like, I'm done for now, but the NBA NFTs, the NBA top shot NFTs, even if they have lost value at the moment, it doesn't matter to me as much as other NFTs. Yeah, they
1: lost monetary value, right?
0: Because they lost monetary value, but I'm still excited. You can hear in my voice that I'm still excited about it. So I think that's also something for investing. If you invest something, don't buy, because it used to be like paintings, right? Paintings was a really big thing. If you buy a it painting, still is, yeah. it's, it's just uncertain. Uh, JC has a line in one of his songs where he basically said, I bought these paintings for my children, and it was worth this, and now it's worth this, and now it's going to be worth that. And even there, I do feel like he thoroughly thought about the one that he wanted to buy. He wasn't like somebody telling him, hey, this one is going to move that much because the artist this and that. No, you buy it because, well, you can buy it if it's because of the artist, because you actually like the artist. So I think that takes into consideration as well. But I think that was my second point. The third point was as, 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 sir, as soon as people start going like, yeah, this is going to be an, an, an awesome project. And also, if you put a, if you bring it in, and invite others to join, you will, you will earn more or you will get a higher rank. That's kind of a red flag. As soon as that comes in, that's kind of, it goes towards the MLMs for me. And I also had somebody like, never do it when I was talking about only do it when you do it for fun. But I'm trying to explain that only do it if you really enjoy it and have general interest in it. That just goes for investing in general. And then you get to the red flags. The red flags are, you have to bring other people in to earn more. That's already Mm -hmm. a major red flag. I think another one is Yes, you have these ranks, and you can be a platinum member if you do this, and you can be a diamond member if you do that. And that's also usually a red flag.
1: And one of the main counter arguments to the one you just mentioned, like yeah. recruiting people, was them mentioning, like, oh, you don't need anybody underneath you. And yes, we're talking about, I mean, this. Uh, no, we're in, not in only talking about, about. Oh, but the, in, in this but example, interest, this, one specifically, is yeah. this one is interesting.
0: This one is interesting. You know why it's interesting? Because i very rarely come across an MLM, international, proclaimed international website, where 32% of the traffic is actually from Suriname. That's insane.
1: It, well, is that data 32%? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I saw that data, right? Yeah, I, I think yeah, about that's... Suriname, Belgium, and. And Macedonia. Macedonia. And Macedonia
0: it's, all... is, is. I mean, I've seen Facebook pages with X. Higher reach on Macedonia because I think either it's it's click farming or Macedonians, much like Serbians, people love to be engaged with things with pages. So it, it could be it could be like a similar no for sure
1: similar yeah there between might the be some
0: similarities there yeah so so I, and I think it's, it's interesting that one of those those red flags are always there yeah you should invite you can usually see it when you. And find more people, and if you invite somebody else, you go to a higher rank, and you earn more as well. And see, I've been, I've, I've encountered when I was in my twenties, I encountered two, two of these. One was Alufera. There was also a very big Alufera multi-level marketing scheme going on. Yeah,
1: there, there. you had an actual product, right? Yeah. You,
0: know? you had a product. At least you had a product. And
1: the coffee, the the, the coffee thing was no, also wet.
0: I was already out when that came. I was already out of those kind of... I never even did the Alufera one because I thought it was a little bit too much work to get other people to commit to the same thing. I just bought a package of 20 euros and I looked at it and I was like, I'm not going to use this product. So probably the people that I'm going to sell it to are also not going to use it. So I'm out. I, I just took my loss after the first purchase and I was like, I'm out of this because I don't really live in this. But others made a lot of money with it. But eventually, it became clear that you could no longer invite people, and it becomes difficult. And then another one was, I think it was, was a website, NeoBox, And I don't necessarily think that one was, I don't look at all of them like scams, but that was just clicking for pennies, basically. Right? You kind of click ads and you get paid because they yeah, sell that, the ads to few. To it's yeah, just like is, that's click farming. And
1: the the, the return is basically proportional to the, the effort put into it most of the time. Yeah, and if it's, you have a very excellence. big
0: click form with a lot of people clicking, you make a lot of money. And for mm. them sometimes, I mean I mean I would even compare it to crypto faucets, right? Yeah. Like I used to I used to go to Doge Faucets and get a little bit of Doge every time.
1: But it's not like you know you open a faucet and a full stream, it's literally no, up every it's just day. a
0: couple of cents every day. A yeah. couple of cents every day. A couple of cents every day. And, and, and those kind of things, you realize at a certain point, some people stop doing it because it's like $2, $5 a month. And it's like, yo, seriously, I need to do something better with my life. But if people do that, I mean, there are people who get referrals from that. I've gotten referrals from from faucets from. But it's not like... It's basically free money, so can you blame them? But the problem that I have with MLMs compared to faucet is that with a faucet, you don't invest anything. You just no. get it,
1: right? You, you invest your if, time. You invest and your time your energy. And, soon, cool.
0: and your energy, and as soon as you realize that if you invest your time and energy in something else and you earn more, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with the MLMs, you invest actual money. To buy or purchase a package. And as soon as the purchase package comes in for me, it says, well like, come on, are we being serious right now? Do we really need, need that kind of, of? And then it's a combination of purchasing a package and also going with a package above your actual budget because you want to get rich quick and you realize if I put more money in, and that's, and then you that's do the get, beat, right? Then you that's do the get, beat. then you do get to the similarities of gambling because in a casino it's kind of the same thing like uh, if you play the lowest level on a machine in Suriname in sur- on certain machines you can hit the major jackpot but all the smaller jackpots you cannot hit because they're turned gray because you're not betting enough and then there's a certain limit and if you play above that limit all the jackpots are turned on. but what People that don't know how casinos work don't realize is that when you play at those levels, the mechanics of the machine change. So there isn't
1: yeah, it's basically tank. game theory. So yeah. you you your chances of winning are winning big always or less than fifty percent because yeah yeah, yeah. because so, the amount is insignificant yeah. for the casino compared to the big jackpot. So they give you that dopamine spike of winning, like, oh, one more time, one more time. Oh, let's double it. Let's triple it. Let's 10x That's the what amount. Money, and then, right?
0: That's then they rock so, it. So for me, best way to explain it is like, if a combined five people has lo- have lost $2,000 on the machine, and you come there, and you play for $1, and you win $25, you are up $25. So you go home happy and like, hey, I made $25. But before you, five different people lost $2,000. So that's that's how the casino works. The highest chance of getting to 50% win rate is Blackjack in a casino. That's it. Blackjack has the highest percentage win rate. And even if you study Blackjack and you know how to count cards, you can up your chances to maybe 60-70%, which is why it's forbidden to count cards at black, on a blackjack table in a casino. Blackjack is basically the only game where you can actually beat the system. And that's why okay, it's illegal okay. to beat the system by counting cards.
1: Quick side track on that, and then we'll go back into the, the list you had. Because we're talking about a casino here. We're talking about slot machines, card games, roulettes. Yeah. Poker is also something within a casino. Do you consider poker gambling?
0: Yeah, poker. Well, it depends. If you go, if you go out to a casino to play three-card monte, to play Caribbean stock poker, if you go to and you play against the casino, you're gambling. You're gambling. If you play Texas Hold'em against other players where the f- casino facilitates it, It's seen as a sport because you're competing your skill level against other players because you're playing against other players. And when you play against other players, it becomes a skill level to be better than other players. And then it's it's a competition. Then it's a competition. But if you play, go to the casino and play any card game against the casino, you're gambling. So there's a very thin line between those two. And the last thing I want to say for me personally, because I've been in situations where I've been addicted to gambling, is that I learned I think when I stopped gambling, heck, like when I stopped gambling like seriously, like really gambling, is I once lost close to a a month, not a not a year, a month of salary. So when I first lost like a month's worth of salary in a casino, mm-hmm. that's when I was like, no, I'm I'm not doing this again. If I'm gonna come back here, it's gonna be for fun, it's gonna be money that you I put can afford to lose. I, I just put a limit. I, For people to understand, I've been to Vegas and I came back with one. So I went to Vegas. I set out a budget. This is the one that I'm willing to spend on, on this trip. And I actually came back from Vegas with still money left, not going over the limit. And I'm honest enough to announce that I was actually up $100 over my limit. And I was stupid at machine on the airport, which you should never do. Like, don't even think. Like, is it like, oh, and that's what everybody thinks. Like, hey, I'm going away, I have this money left. Just play it on a machine, but no, it just, it's just it's just the tourist trap, just money gone. So so from no, I, that perspective. Yeah. You know,
1: I, I remember I went on a tour in Vegas and on the bus tour, I think there was a local as well. And they explained to me like if you go in the center, the chances of winning are ridiculously low. But if you go to the casinos on the outskirts, the more local casinos, yes. you have a higher odds of winning. Yes, it, it's just embedded in that system. So we went to so,
0: we went to a casino. Not
1: all was, casinos are equal.
0: No, we I and I planned the trip to look what casinos had the lowest slots, like the lowest amount you were able to play, and that's where we played. stayed away from tables as much as possible of course there's some casinos that give you some cash to play tables so we did try that but played like a couple of events and jumped out as soon as it got a little too scary but again i go to the casinos like four to ten times a year for entertainment purposes it's really entertainment purposes and i think that's the difference that people also need to understand that i'm just there for fun i know i don't I go alone sometimes for, for for some reason, but I usually, I prefer going there with a friend and just having a fun time, having a discussion, because then it's worth more than just paying the slot. Yeah, it's, it's an experience and enjoying yourself. Yeah, but I used to play tables as well, but they up the antes to to roulette, for instance. They ha- used to have one SRD. At they, they the Mirage, I think they had one SRD Roulette tables. That was fun. You know, you could just put 100 SRD and you could play for maybe two hours with that. And now, if you, I think the minimum buy in is is 10 or 20 times that. So then the fun, it goes away for me. So I think that's the biggest difference between between gambling. For gambling, if you go to a casino, you have to understand, same with sports betting. Like, yes, there are people that make a career out of sports betting. And that's one of the points that I mentioned. But those people spend 40 to 60 hours studying the odds, studying the best options. And even they have their weekdays. Yeah. But there are professional sports bettors, but they dedicate their, their full-time job. And you just want
1: and, it. And, and the professionals just play the
0: statistics, the yeah. odds. And, and what you're going to see now is that those kind of professionals, if they have a YouTube channel and they just talk about the sports and give insights to the sports, they probably earn more of the YouTube channel and sponsorships yeah. than they would earn from actually betting money. So I think that's, for me, the most important part is if you, some, if you really love something and you're going to invest 40 to 60 to maybe even 80 hours a week into something, there are different ways to monetize. It's not just investing or gambling money. So
1: reeling back the conversation on the list, you are going through the next point, I think was, you know, shifting from the investing part in a casino or in a MLM program, or a Ponzi scheme, whatever, and instead investing it in learning a skill. And I I think you had some comments on that one as well, some reactions on that as well. So your example of, you know, that YouTube channel, that that's actually a, a skill that you eventually can develop editing a video and get your deterred in alternative ways through commission jobs, through advertising, through merchandise, through affiliate marketing even. And, and that's where the, the fine line is, right? Yeah.
0: If you, I mean, if you're great at sales, like not every local shop will do it, but if you're great at sales, like you're thinking like, hey, I can tell people. And I wanted to also differentiate between MLMs and affiliate marketing Because if you're doing affiliate marketing and you have like affiliate link for Amazon and you have something, say you really are into books and you do book reviews and you leave an Amazon affiliate link to below in your book review for people to go to Amazon to actually buy the book that you're talking about, you can earn money with that as well. You know, but it requires a skill and learning the learning curve is often kind of hard. And that's where people fall. And I think the middle... I think it was Samir who said like, hey, listen, but okay, so how would you for for entrepreneurs? And I think one of the things I always mention is try to sell something a hundred times first. Right, Build up a skill that you're able and find something that you're invested enough that you're willing to sell it a hundred times. And selling it a hundred times means probably trying between three and four thousand times to sell and then hopefully sell a hundred and then go back to the people Try to reach out to the people that you sold it to, maybe three months after you sold it to them. And it's like, hey, how was it? And that's, of course, most of us, we never do that. Big companies don't do that either. We just sell, 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 sell. And then you don't get the feedback of like, hey, this was, I didn't enjoy this experience or this or it was actually good. And then you ask them like, hey, it, it was good, but did you refer anyone? And they were like, oh, I never thought about that. Let me refer somebody for you. Right? It's It's, we never ask people that have a positive experience with a product or a service that they bought from us to say like, hey, send it to somebody else because we don't know why they don't do it. And sometimes yeah,
1: that, we don't reach out. That little people. follow-up can yeah. give a big push to people that because gives, they just don't think about it. it.
0: Then that yeah. can give a very big push. And sometimes we automate it, but then it doesn't feel personal anymore. So that's also the experience that you have. I've always looked at, looked at websites like Amazon and ball.com, which is the Dutch, kind of the Dutch version of Amazon. And they always send these follow-up emails. Like you purchase something, you get a mail like a month afterwards. Like, hey, you purchased this item. Maybe you're yeah, also interested the, in this and that. And but I'm that's like, coming
1: from, you know, the, the main corporation. If it's like, you know, this little individual on Etsy, like...
0: Oh, I always,
1: my I always
0: wonder what the conversion rates on those emails is. I I always wonder, and what's respected, like if if the the marketeer behind it goes into it and says like, hey, this is 0.5%, 0.05%. It should really be 0.06%. I need to up it Why? like this one.
1: Yeah, and that's that's levels to that conversion here. You have the click-through conversion and then you have the conversion to actually go through with another purchase. or an actual referral. So there are stages to that because at the end, the true conversion is the next purchase.
0: And I think that's really interesting. One of the things I also mentioned is improving your skills, like constantly improving your skills every day. If you have a skill that you're invested in, you're pretty good at it. Invest in that skill every day, right? You want to invest in that skill every day because here's the interesting thing. So there are a lot of, and even in Suriname, there are a lot of content creators, Tsunamis young professionals who know a lot about social media channels. But even in the US, even in the rest of the world, there are a lot of young professionals who are really good in their craft, but they don't know how to monetize. they don't know how to monetize their craft. So what ends up happening often, companies that are a little bit more looking towards what the trends are, they will hire those people. Because if you're able to grow a YouTube page to 10,000 subscribers or a TikTok account to 10,000 followers, for instance, there are companies that need your skill set. You just have to be realistic about it. And I think that's one of the things that influencers often don't understand and companies don't understand either. There are influencers who have a bigger following online than companies have. And the companies don't acknowledge that. The companies don't realize like, hey. This person on that platform actually has more followers than I have. Does this person, so this person is actually more well known than I am on that platform. Companies just don't realize it. They don't grasp. But then from the other side, what influencers often don't grasp is those companies have been around for 40 years. So if you've been around for two years and a company has been around for 40 years, that company knows better how to survive than you do Mm -hmm. in, 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 in a business landscape. So you have to be, the the company has to respect the influencer, but the influencer also has to respect the company.
1: Yeah, it's a risk mitigation. It's going to be a business decision in the end. And you also need to take into account like the standard you're setting because usually what gets into the limelight are the influencers or the people that have millions. Whereas, as you mentioned, 10,000 is already a huge achievement. And people underestimate that. It, If you're talking about, you know, your I think what was it? If you have one hundred or one thousand true fans, that's enough to propel your skill, your business to where you don't need anything else technically. So ten thousand is a moonshot already. And that's something to understand. That's
0: great. And and just to give an example, last week we had Jocelyn Villon, who was like from international standards, like If you would say like a million followers, she's not that big on her socials compared to others. But she is in such a niche that she can easily ask much more for her sponsorships and partnerships with brands than people. The conversion and click through is. Yeah, because she has an actual following. Yeah. Yeah. She has an actual following of people that are really not just like, oh, she's cool, but oh, she understands me. She's able to advise me. So people are more willing to listen to her because her community is much more tight-knit. And I think she mentioned that as well, to like focus on on providing the community. Even now, if she's saying like, hey, I want to do things that are more me, there's still a certain focus towards the, the, the community. And that's also something that companies have to look at. Like, am I a match? I'm actually working on a strategic document now that talks about brand fit. And I think Mike Alton, we also had on as a guest here also mentioned it in 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 that episode of the podcast and he's actually the person that i learned it from to say like there has to be a brand fit between you and a brand that you want to work together because if you work with a competing brand just for the money you're not going to get invited by your to your favorite brand to work together because you've already worked with a competitor like, there are yeah, the, rare the, the instances clash that that happens. And the, the commitment but, and a conflict. Yeah. If, you, if you're really into a brand, if you really love the brand and a competitor approaches you, don't just take the gig for the money. Because basically, you slam the door shut to work with your favorite brand for at least the next 10 years. And I think we don't always understand that. I mean, the big influencers understand that. The big influencers have their own brands. But when you're still building and you're still growing, it's important. It's for me, it's really hard nowadays to, to actually do partnerships. I usually I, stay on the background because, yeah, I, it's, it's difficult. I guess I see where you're
1: coming from yeah. like, even when brainstorming for this show, if we're going to do partners and thinking about this, do potential, you know, the, the partners that has have the resources and the capabilities, do they align with what you are trying to do. And then the class is like, not really. And then the people that may have don't have the resources. And then, you know, you, you didn't think of something creative to maybe work it out. So diverting so, this conversation back to the, the last thing I, I want to mention from the list or the posts you posted is, you know, the one of the comments was, you know, you get in early, you cash out, you're able to do that. And then you know, no harm done, but then there is still harm done, but you don't see it or you're not a first order consequence of it.
0: You're, you're not fully aware of what's happening. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, in some sense, it's almost like politics. Yeah. You get and promise the moon, but you can't deliver the moon. That's the problem. You just can't deliver the moon because it's impossible. It's a planet. It's outside of Earth. That's how far away it is, but still people get promised more.
1: And if, if, if you're talking about the return on investing, maybe, yeah, you have gotten out your monetary gain, but you might have lost something else that's not quantified in finances or money.
0: I had a discussion about it with one of the early crypto adapters in Syria. He actually was in one coin at the time he were still able to cash out, so he didn't lose he maybe has even he lost, but he didn't lose the ones that like other
1: people yeah. lost, right? He, he got out pretty he, much okay.
0: Yeah, he got out okay. And he said like, hey, listen, it brought me into crypto from one coin. I went into other real cryptos and I started to understand it better. And for me, if it wasn't for one coin, I would have never gotten into crypto. And he also makes the argument that, you know, that he was able to get out fine. And I was told, like, hey, but listen, what about the maybe hundreds of people that you brought into this thing and spend their life savings into this? How much do you feel accountability for that? And that's really the, the thing that we don't talk about. So it's like, okay, am I fine? But then five years from now, you're walking on the street and somebody's looking at you and you brought me into this. And even I even feel the same way with Hive. Luckily, there's there isn't anybody who yeah. <laughs> went into Hive and was like, "Yeah, and look at it." No, most people just lose their password or their 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 keys. That's that's the one problem that I have with it. But it isn't like you know, and it could even even an ecosystem like Hive could completely disrupt or could be completely disrupted. And that's the same with companies. That companies, in some cases, but that God, goes goes back to
1: the the core, right? which you said, don't invest anything mm-hmm. you're not willing to, to lose. And if mm-hmm. you convince them to put their life saving into it, that's that's a fine line. That the first thing would have been, you know, what are you capable of risking?
0: And and don't it, think if you're, if you're going the smartest.
1: That direction. Yeah.
0: But also don't think you're the smartest person in the room. Just just don't think you're the smartest person in the room. Because even the so called smartest people and of course, we laugh at them in a the sense that we were already like, something fishy is going on. But it's interesting how many prominent companies and organizations jumped into FTX, right? Mm-hmm. So there shouldn't be like, I am better than you are in this. No. Like, we're all struggling. We're all trying to find ways to become financially independent or at least so it's no it's it makes no sense to kick somebody down when they're down. So that's why I don't want to talk about a specific multi-level marketing scheme because the people who are down and lost their money, they're already down and lost their money. There's no reason to say like, "Hey, you're stupid. I saw it a long time ago." There's no reason to do that. The only thing that you want to do is like, "Hey, did you realize that I, that there were red flags and how did you Handle those yes. red flags. I, I was clear. out of
1: town this weekend and this topic basically came up and we just talked about it and I just mentioned this, 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 yeah. you know, the, 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 things you basically listed that like, what does it look like if it smells like some of that, and if it looks like that, if you're still going into mm-hmm. it, all right. Yeah. You know, we've yeah. had the discussion. Okay. There's a, you're fine.
0: if there's smoke, there's fire.
1: Yeah. And, and, and the other thing, uh, I, I have a friend group who I meet every now and then, uh, pretty much, uh, you know, the crypto degenerate friend group. And I think it was about three, three, four weeks ago, last month. And the, the current MLM Ponzi that crashed yesterday or today was brought into light. And they were talking about, yeah. Yeah. Give it another week or so because, you know, they are in these circles and they see the timelines going on and literally by the end of the month two three weeks later it was pretty close to what we discussed back then like when the ticking time bomb exploded but what else can you do it aside from you know trying to get people aware
0: no I, i'm just thinking like you you want to i think the learning you take from this if you're looking at it from in myself perspective is like what can you learn out of those situations? And I'm very careful because, to be yeah. honest, I'm quite happy where I am when it comes to my portfolio, my crypto portfolio. But on the other hand, I haven't lost, but compared to where it was during the last pool, pool run. Yeah, it, huh? it it stinks. It, it might stink, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. But it's, it, it doesn't hurt me as much because I know what my initial investment is, and I'm Like I am with a casino, there's a certain amount that I'm willing to invest with crypto, with stocks. It's the same thing. Mm. Like,
1: Like, I remember the first stock I got into was on recommendation of friend because it's kind of a real estate dividend stock. And I didn't know much back then. I think it's my biggest loss so far. (laughs) And I keep it. I I haven't realized that loss. I keep it there as a constant reminder, like, you know this you also
0: have to invest it
1: it's like it's like a badge of honor
0: <laughs> yeah but you also have to invest it and be in so like for instance there's an nft that i have that you recommended to me right and i paid a good off i think it's my most expensive nft store, Yeah, <laughs> to this day It's my most expensive nft but i'm keeping it there as because I do believe in the project, and I do believe the project's gonna be worth something for me along the way I've just not used it and the interesting part the 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 special values that the n f t have align with my personal interest mm-hmm. so that's also makes it like I still to this day i'm thinking of printing it out into a phone case to have it as print the n f t the sign as my phone case because I think it looks. It would look cool like that. So I'm not really concerned with it at the moment. But it's not no, like, it, hey, I am yeah, yeah. is worth You so shouldn't be concerned
1: now. with it at all. Like, yeah. you know, not even at the moment, even in the future, if nothing happens, because mm-hmm. it's already something you've kind of put aside from your regular.
0: And the reason I like it so much, this is the one thing that I want to say about collectibles in general, I like digital collectibles. And the reason why I like digital collectibles a lot is because the wear and tear of physical collectibles. There's a wear and tear on physical collectibles. So yeah, that's really why
1: they feed the grading stuff and put it in special cases. <laughs> and then it's you know, being graded by professionals, which yeah. is also
0: Yeah. And then you buy it for the value to protect it as an asset. Whereas my collectibles is just like I have it. And then with digital collectibles, I don't have to worry about like is it still an eight tier shape or eight tier quality? I don't have to worry about it because I'm not even hosting it. So I think that's I think that's a benefit definitely. But, but also
1: a drawback, right? Because a lot of the monetary value for the pristine conditioned physical collectibles comes from it's thirty from thirty yeah. years ago, yet it is still in pristine shape. Death, yeah, it's
0: so, but I'm not like that. <laughs> just I'm just straight really, I have like one of my favorite collectibles is a shirt from the Suri Profs, which has like a, a signed jersey from people that they weren't eligible to play for Suriname, but they did play in charity matches, and they all signed the shirt. And a lot of those people became really prominent soccer, football players in in Europe. And some of them even won the huge European World, uh, no, the European Championship, the European Championship back, I think 15 years ago. And I have that as collectible. But if I look at it from the state that the jersey is, and I wore that jersey, right? You're not supposed to wear the jersey with the, with the autographs, which is not supposed yeah, to do it. Well, yeah, Who I says did that. that, you know, right? <laughs> No, but so for me, it's worth way much more for me. And people are yeah. like, yeah, I want to buy it. I want to buy it. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to sell it because from a value, it, it has value for me. It doesn't, of course it has value for, for you and you're looking at it and you see it as very valuable, but like if you're going to purchase it just to sell it and make it even work more. This is not because the shape in the, the jersey is in is, is not that great, so you're not to get got to get the true value of what you don't know.
1: That that's, that's the thing you don't.
0: Yeah, but it's it's still it's gonna be. I if don't they, know. It's only something
1: that won't sit well with you.
0: No, and also there are only two of those shirts, so that makes it really. There are only two of those shirts, so that makes it. That makes it. I have no idea what the, the other shirt is.
1: Okay, to close yeah. us off, Gregory asks. When Lambo, my question to you, Gregory, is, are you going to try that Lambo? Who Lambo? (laughs) Same thing with cars, you know, that's that's the life that's being sold to you. And it it has become a meme at this point where you think like, okay, you get the Lambo. It's basically a a, a signal, a status signal that you're trying to do, but you don't need it.
0: The only reason why I would own a Lambo. (laughs) is if I won it on a YouTube channel, like if there's a Mr. Beast competition. Mr. Beast came beast to, yeah, hey, here you go. And yeah, for some reason, I would be able to win that competition. I would have a Lambo and I probably would sell it the day after that. I the mean, answer to your question. Yeah, you can't even drive that thing here. Exactly. <laughs> right? And then when you... Yeah. Uh, well, there the risk are, of I it. have to say, there are some nice Lambos here. There's the Ursus, right? Which is a... Sports SUV Lamborghini, so yeah,
1: somebody. probably, but you know, but how, like how the well, low, are you gonna drive?
0: the low, really low. No, here, no, never. Terrible idea. A terribly Yeah, a vanity. It's really exactly. I it, really uh... don't care about. The only vanity that I care about is my colleague whose name's is Vanity. I, I don't care about vanity metrics or stats or mm-hmm. or, or vanity collectibles or those kind of things. So that's, 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 not, that's not something I would, would ever consider.
1: But that's also, you know, in, in digital collectibles, in, in video, games, example, a lot of the skins are vanity items, you know, just yeah, to just, be, feel better. And, I've and been that's looking how at, you get it. The, the same logic applies in the digital as in the physical world.
0: So yeah, you are about to mention and,
1: to close us off.
0: Yeah, I've been looking at those and I'm like, yeah, not my cup of tea. And then again, you get to the part like, in stuff you like. Invest in stuff that gets you excited about things. I mean, that's, that's the best advice I really can give you.
1: The two things I would say as we close this episode as, you know, not personally advice, but a way to think about it. Investing shouldn't be about making as much money as possible. It should be about not losing money. If you're talking about <laughs> investing in money, it should be
0: boring. If it's exciting. Don't do it. So a lot of people will never actually invest because they don't like boredom. All right, Diego, we're going to close it out. As a reminder for those who don't know yet, Social Confos is now available on YouTube at youtube.com/slash confos, on Instagram at ig confos, and yes, we're on threats We're not doing anything with threats but it's there. But more importantly, the up- episodes are now now uploaded confos.substack.com, and the interface is really nice. So go and check it out. And we'll see you back here next week. Same place, same time. Bye-bye.